One day a pastor was preaching and he used this picture of boots and the Bible, as you see it on the slides. One person who was listening to the sermon stood up and walked out of the congregation because that person was offended by the idea of boots beside the Bible. As I observed this, I realized that culturally they viewed the Bible as a sacred book and the boots were considered unclean. In Muslim countries, when they read the Quran, their holy book, they do not touch its words uh, with their hands because their hands are unclean and the Quran is sacred. But the physical Bible is not sacred itself. It is God who is sacred. I also found it interesting that many Muslims like to use the Quran as a decoration in their home. They leave it on top of their shelves. I can tell you with confidence over 80% of people in Muslim countries never read the whole Quran. They say they believe it, but never read it completely. When I came to the West, I experienced the same thing in some homes. But what was shocking to me was that many theology students also never read the whole Bible, yet they were in seminary. One day in class, my professor asked who had read the whole Bible, and few raised their hands. Like our forefathers who didn't pay attention to the word of wisdom, we too sometimes, sometimes follow traditions in our hearts that have nothing to do with the word of God. Recently in a sermon, Pastor Dave mentioned the phrase from one of Paul's letter, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. He also shared the story of Pastor Sonia and his wife, Ina, before she passed away. That when she was in hospital, she asked Sonny to read the scripture slower for her so she could understand and be able to dwell in Jesus and in his word. Today, I want to share with you Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 to 18, which helps me to understand that true wisdom gives us the opportunity to experience heart change and brings God glory. What is wisdom and why do we need to understand it? In this passage, the author mentions that wisdom comes only from God. Wisdom comes only for a specific purpose through a faith relationship with Jesus Christ, trusting in him and, and placing our life fully under his authority. And finally, wisdom's goal is to glorify God. Reading the scripture is quite fascinating, but as we read it, we understand it is also complicated as culture and language speak into it in a very dramatic way. John Piper, pastor and author says, we learn that life is too complex to be lived by Proverbs alone. We, read, we need godly wisdom in order to understand and apply, it, apply the Proverbs into our lives. For instance, when the author tells us back to back, answer a fool according to his folly, and don't answer a fool according to his folly, he is teaching us that we need discernment about when to do the one and when to do the other. While I was thinking how to understand the Proverbs and comprehend godly wisdom, I was reminded of the salmon's lifestyle. I know some of you know that I like salmon fishing, but this is not about that. If you know about salmon migration, you notice how amazing their journey is. 
It is not exactly known how salmon return to their life birth streams. Some say because they know it is a good place to spawn. But it's amazing that they know every part of the river in which they were born, which is very mysterious. Is the Bible not considered as a mysterious book? Could, be the, could the Bible be considered as a river in which God is flowing out and he flows into people today? We can see a flowing river throughout the Bible beginning from Genesis chapter 2 where man was created and placed in the Garden of Eden. There we see that man and woman are, uh, were encouraged by God to eat from the tree of life. In the garden, there was a river which divided into four rivers, reaching out to the whole earth. If we read in Revelation chapter 22, we see that there is a river of the water of life flowing in the middle of the city and, and the tree of life growing on both sides of the river. In John chapter 4 verse 14, the Lord Jesus gives us the living water which gives us life, the eternal life. And in John chapter 7, there is a call for whomever is thirsty to come and drink. And whoever believes in the Lord, out of his or her innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. The truth is that God, through his grace, allows us to drink daily from this living water, wisdom. So that by connecting our life to this godly wisdom, we will get back home where our Heavenly Father promised his children. Let's read Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Let's pray together. Father, uh, Jesus, you are our only teacher. Father, we ask you to please help us to observe the word wisdom. Please help us to understand what wisdom is and what it is for and why we need it in our lives. Father, we pray in Jesus' name, uh, bless us again one more time today as we are hearing your word in Jesus' name, amen. Here the author uses wisdom or in Hebrew, chokhmah, which means the ability to apply knowledge or experience or understanding or common sense and insight. The author uses the feminine form of the word chokhmah, which in English has been translated to lady wisdom. The author helps the, the reader to understand that wisdom first comes only from God. It is interesting that to understand who and what this lady wisdom is, first we need to find it. The author says, blessed is the one who finds wisdom. Right from the beginning, it is clear that, that this wisdom doesn't rise up from within you or any other human being. Because if it rose from within you, you wouldn't need to find it. So how do we find it and get it? 
The most crucial thing we need to know in order to find it is that true wisdom only comes through God and has nothing to do with our earthly wisdom or silver and gold, which today may bring you fortune or fame, but tomorrow will fade away. This lady wisdom is from above and is not a human. Not yet many accept her testimony. But God called us to put on our shoes, go out and find it. Godly wisdom comes down from above as we seek it out. Proverbs 2, 6 tells us we find godly wisdom through God. It says, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So true wisdom is given by God and has to do with our eternity, regardless of who we are, what is our gender, race, education, nationality, or even faith alone. Because according to the book of James, true faith in Christ always produces good works. And how do good works happen? True wisdom which follows God's word. For example, God's word says, I blessed you so you can bless others. How do we bless others? One example I can give is that good works happen through your relationship with others. For instance, when we are coming to church, people are around us. Some we know a little bit and others we know nothing about. The only way to see our good works towards them is to build relationship with them. Otherwise, how do you want to share your good works with them if you know nothing about them? I want to be clear that our salvation only comes through the work of Christ and not our own, not, uh, not our own works or efforts. If we are not finding the true wisdom and placing our life fully under his authority and purpose, all we do and have is considered vanity, including our own wisdom. Yes, our wisdom is meaningless in itself. Look at the statement that the author of Ecclesiastes makes in chapter 2. How the wise dies just like the fool. So I hated life because what is done under the sun was grievous to me. For all is vanity and a striving after wind. The phrase under the sun is the key point of the author. Godly wisdom doesn't belong to this earth. Instead, it is eternal and heavenly. The author of Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, I believe, do not deny that earthly wisdom has some advantages. But earthly wisdom is not from above. That's why we need godly wisdom. We need true wisdom. Godly wisdom also may also bring material reward, but its value far exceeds earthly wisdom, earthly riches. To those who receive it, it opens a path to life through the tree of life for the, redeem, for the redeemed and equips for leadership and conduct. The good news is that this heavenly wisdom is available for every one of us as it was revealed in the revelation of Jesus Christ uh, about 2,000 years ago, but also was revealed from the beginning of creation. God revealed his wisdom to those who believed in him, Jews or non-Jews. Example, like Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, Moses, the Midianite father-in-law of Moses, Cyrus, the king of Persia, Rahab, the Canaanite prostitute, Ruth, the Moabite's widow, 
and even the people of Nineveh who believed God at the preaching of Jonah. Someone once said that people who were able to make decisions chose to follow their earthly selfish wisdom and lost innocence knowing right from wrong, and even more, their disobedience abolished a continuing privileged access to the tree of life and thus eternal life. Here Solomon compares this teaching of lady wisdom to a tree of life, which we read in chapter 3, verse 18, that she is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. We see the apostle John uses the same phrase in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who concurs, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. My dear brothers and sisters, godly wisdom helps you and I to understand that the spiritual death, separation from the tree of life, and the broken relationship with God resulted from earthly wisdom. But true wisdom comes from God and gives us the opportunity to experience heart change and real life with God. The second thing that the author helps us to understand is the purpose of this heavenly wisdom. We only can understand the purpose of uh, this wisdom through a faith relationship with Jesus Christ by placing our lives fully under his authority and not on our own understanding. Proverbs 3, 14 and 15 says, for the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Understanding why God introduces true wisdom by comparing it with silver and gold will help us to understand the true purpose of having this wisdom. History shows that the purpose can be very central to human life or very personal, which can be in contradiction with godly purpose. It shows that not all, who, not all people and even not all of those who called themselves Christians understood the purpose of wisdom and its foundation. But rather they thought of their earthly life as an ultimate blessing from God. Like when someone is rich, they often say it is God's blessing. People focused on their prosperity and life to the extent that the purpose of life, purpose of their life is more driven to the world and the things uh, they inherit from it, whether through silver, which relates more to financial success, or gold, which in my Middle Eastern background and my Persian background is more about the values, respect, education, fame that we can have for ourselves. If we read history or, uh, or current news, we can see why some nations started to follow Christ and are now mostly secular or worshipers of money or earthly things despite their Christianity. What we understand from this passage is that richness and fame are not just a blessing, but they also can become a curse. As we see in these nations, these people forgot what the purpose was of gaining wisdom. According to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, verse 4, wisdom was created before all other things and prudent understanding from eternity. 
That's why Proverbs mentions that her prophets, that is lady wisdom, make you a richer person than money ever will. This poem mentions that lady wisdom is better than silver or money and better than gold, and your earthly values or fame, and, uh, and, and your earthly values and fame, and she is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Don't get this passage wrong, please, for it doesn't say that you can lay hold of godly wisdom only when you are poor, because this kind of mentality and teaching find no support in these verses. Basically, these verses are poetic, and their meaning is deep. It is about eternal life and the purpose of godly, uh, God, the purpose of God-given wisdom and our full obedience to that wisdom. We cannot just bring our opinion into it. The problem that most of us are struggling with in placing our life fully under godly wisdom is that we lean on our own understanding. We are consumed to dwell on the promised joys of the present world, silver and gold, which are related to our wealth, fame, and life on earth. But God called us to dwell on the promised joys of the eternal world, which we, can only, we only can learn and gain through godly wisdom. This passage wants us to understand that the purpose of gaining godly wisdom is that God called you and I to change our life. But how? First, Lady Wisdom helps, to, uh, help, help, helps us to learn that long-lasting godly change begins in the heart and not through your richness and fame. It doesn't begin with your gender, experience, culture, education, or even your religion, whether you consider yourself a Christian or not, because none of these things are from above or pure in themselves. I think history History is a good mirror to understand ourselves. In my research on crusaders, God reveals more of his truth about human sinful behaviors, for instance, in self-proclaimed Christians of that day. We see in the book of Acts, chapter 11, where believers in Antioch uh, were first called Christians. That title probably came from Romans who labeled Jesus' followers little Christs. Though it was likely intended as an offense, the label is actually an honor, as it indicates disciples are living Christ-like lives. History speaks that the turning point was reached at the beginning of the fourth century. It shows that when Constantine became the emperor, the church, which was constantly under persecution, became the, religious, became the religion that dominated the Roman Empire. It seems that Christians experienced earthly power and its significance. Some Christians in government valued having power on earth and using it to rule as a religious organization. Christianity had become politically advantageous and took an even worse turn, as more and more people had to become Christian. By 380, for example, under the Emperor Theodosius, Christianity was made the official state religion, and thereafter it was a capital offense not to be a Christian by 391. You see why some people started to become Christian? Because they were told that to have a better life, they, they should accept Christ. 
Because of this, many came to Christ to gain silver and gold, money and fame, and found freedom on earth. Others took it even further, killing fellow human beings. In 1096 AD, Pope Urban II sought to liberate Jerusalem and re recapture it from Muslim through the Crusades because Christians were losing their earthly power. These crusades were to last 200 years and took many lives in the name of Christianity and of course in the name of Islam. They both were looking for power. These human behaviors are all in contradiction with the word of Lady Wisdom and her purpose. Because on the one hand, remember, she gives long life. Long life is in her right hand, and on the other, she bestows, she bestows honor and peace. John Goldingay, an Old Testament theologian, says, God's wisdom, his ways or the ways of the Lady Wisdom are lovely or delightful and full of shalom or peace. Whereas the way of the faithless is total darkness and makes people fall over. How do we feel about ourselves when we listen to history or reflect on the history of our own life? This passage leads us to understand our thoughts, motivations, and affections, and gives us all that we need to understand godly wisdom and its purpose. The purpose of gaining godly wisdom is to recognize and root out the cause of our sinful behaviors and change our hearts, and then to invite others to find godly wisdom as well. No wonder Proverbs chapter 423 insists, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Therefore, to understand the purpose of godly wisdom, we need to change our heart. We must recognize and uproot our sinful beliefs and motives and replace them with godly wisdom and its purpose. I think those who want to recognize and uproot their sinful behavior are willing to test themselves to see if their ways are Lady Wisdom's ways or not. Solomon mentions that her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. However, the problem with us is our ways and paths are impacted with many things that are not related to godly wisdom. But those who find godly wisdom know that their family, culture, society, and even their religion has impacted them wrongly since birth. Maybe you want to say, wait a minute, my culture is good, and my religion is not like others. Am I not a Christian? Did I not accept that I am a sinner? But it seems that Lady Wisdom is revealing that accepting your sin is just the beginning. Robert Jones, a Christian author, says that behavioral change must accompany heart change. What if I ask you, when was the last time you hurt someone's feeling through your words or conduct and left your gift on the altar and went and apologized and then came back and participated in the Lord's Supper? When was the last time that you envied your sister or brother and damaged her or her, his reputation or competed to gain some benefits or reward and went back and apologized for your behavior? When was the last time that you took advantage of other human being, being, beings' time and money 
and became sorry and went back and asked forgiveness and paid back what you gained from them? Or when was the last time that you acted foolishly and, and brought shame on someone in front of others and went back and asked for forgiveness? Doesn't our lifestyle show why God insisted that we need to test ourselves to see if our ways are Lady Wisdom's ways? That is why Paul shares with us some wisdom and its purpose in 2 Corinthians. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, indeed, you fail to meet the test. I hope you will find out that we have not failed the test, but we pray to God that you may not do wrong. I'm not sure what to say because, uh, as I'm afraid to mislead you towards perfectionism, but I also cannot deny the fact that the disciples of Jesus Christ understood the purpose of true wisdom given, them, given to them by God and didn't fail the test, but were willing to deny earthly wisdom and live under the authority of Christ. Anyone who knows Paul knows that Paul was not perfect. But his desire was God's desire. Paul is saying that they walked in God's wisdom, and he is emphasizing that to his, to his audience. Therefore, those who understand the purpose of true wisdom have life in God, and that is revealed in their lifestyle through laying hold of lady wisdom, as we read in this passage. And finally, those who find true wisdom will glorify God and not themselves. Because wisdom that comes from God is given for a purpose, to glorify God. At the beginning, humanity tried to grasp discernment separately from listening to what God said, turning its back on wisdom and seeking its own glory. Proverbs invites humanity to put these two back together. The wisdom from above holds together discernment, trust, and acknowledgement of God and invites us to glorify God once again. This wisdom produces a sense of divine presence, joy, and peace in believers that has nothing to do with wealth or fame. Bruce Waltke, professor of biblical studies, says, the wise are on the way of life, fools are on the way to death. Whereas Christianity thinks of itself as a faith, the book of Proverbs, like most of the Bible, thinks of the faithful as following a way, a life path, the way of lady wisdom. In conclusion, two things may help you and I to find our ways and paths in line with lady wisdom's ways and paths in order to glorify God. First, we need to understand that we don't own lady wisdom and the life which comes from her. It is given to us by grace, so we may not boast. That means we do not own our life, our salvation, our, our, our wisdom, our, or anything else. All things are given to us for a purpose. Secondly, we ought to be responsible in having our ways and paths in line with Lady Wisdom's, with Lady Wisdom. 
These passages, as well as others in the scripture, can help us to understand that we do not own godly wisdom, but we are expected to be responsible for what is, uh, what is given to us. Psalm 24 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Or 1 Peter 1 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again. And Romans chapter 14 says, For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, Proverbs chapter 3 verse 13 to 18 helps its audience to recognize that God owns everything and we own nothing. Those who find godly wisdom and its purpose understand that true wisdom is only from God. Therefore, they are giving an account to God for what God has given to them, which is godly wisdom. Lady wisdom helps believers to get in line with the ways and paths of God through the tree of life and to equip themselves for leadership and conduct before the unwise world so that others also start to look and find godly wisdom which leads them towards the tree of life, eternal life. So it's to equip us for leadership and conduct and to encourage others to find this wisdom. Therefore, in order to understand God's wisdom and its purpose, you need to realize what Jesus' disciples realized. They realized that they needed to start from their own hearts and were willing to give up their, own, their ownership over earthly wisdom by finding godly wisdom and living under its authority. In this, they brought glory to God as they walked the path of wisdom. As I'm inviting the worship team to come up, uh, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, um, you are our God and creator. We are creatures, Lord. Um, if you leave us alone, we are far away from your wisdom, Lord. So we invite you, Father. Please bless us as we search for godly wisdom and its purpose. Help us to slow down and spend time with your word. 2023 also is finished almost. Past this past, we have learned. Help us to look forward and to gain wisdom. As your disciples walked the path of wisdom and brought glory to your name, may we also do the same. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you like prayer, our prayer team will be available immediately following the service, just up to the front uh, on your right-hand side. Uh, I don't know how many of you know, I was born in 1981. I'm much younger than many people here. <laughs> um, you know, God always reminded me that uh, just I need to be humble. So, And he touched my heart to work with young adult. And when I came to ERBF, 
even he wants me to be younger. So he sent me to youth. I always uh, uh, reminded that I need to learn. This past year I finished, and uh, as I was also born in January, for me it's like every year pass, I'm older. I just feel I'm closer to see Christ. Whether he will come back or whether I will finish this life soon. So it's, I'm closer to see him. So I hope as we finish this year, as Pastor Dave always give us assignment, my assignment for you is to pray, to start your year with this prayer that God give us wisdom. And uh, we give up our earthly wisdom and just seek out his wisdom and live out our faith and invite others to find this wisdom. That's my prayer for you and Happy New Year.